we see here coming up on an interesting time in Jeremiah's life. And uh, we see some encouragement and some discouragement in chapter 38. In verse 1, there's a lot of names that I don't feel like reading today. They are important. Feel free to read them on your own leisure. But he says there in verse number 2, um, there's a person, the first person listed in verse 1, Shephatiah, I believe. He heard Jeremiah, it says in verse 1, speaking to all the people. And he says in verse 2, thus saith the Lord, Jeremiah is speaking now. He that remaineth in the city shall die by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. But he that goeth forth to the Chaldeans shall live, for he shall have his life uh, for a prey, and shall live. Thus saith the Lord, this city shall surely be given into the hands of the king of Babylon's army, which shall take it. This is the same message that Jeremiah has been presenting to the people now for quite some time. You are in trouble. Uh, punishment is coming. And he's been telling them this for a long time. And in verse 4, it says, Therefore uh, the princes said unto the king, We beseech thee, let this man be put to death. For thus he weakeneth the hands of the men of war that remain in this city, and the hands of all these sorry, people, and speaking such words unto them. For this man seeketh not the welfare of of this people, but the hurt. Doesn't this sound like messages today? This person, Jeremiah, is preaching a message, a warning. He's been preaching it for a long time now. He's, been, he's included the repent. He's included, here's what's happening as a result of your sin. This is what God's going to do. And they now say about Jeremiah, we need to kill him, throw him in prison, whatever, because this man seeketh not the welfare of this people, but the hurt. So Jeremiah is not speaking of the good for the people, but of bad things for the people. But was not Jeremiah all the time looking out for the welfare of the people? When he's saying, repent, if you don't repent, punishment's coming. That's looking out for the welfare of the people. Now when he's saying, king of Babylon's coming. If you go into captivity, you're spared. If you do not go into captivity, you're dead. Uh, punishment is coming. And so they get mad about the message. Mad at the messenger. All of it there together. Verse 5, Then Zedekiah the king said, Behold, he is in your hand. For the king is not he that can do anything against you. No backbone here from Zedekiah. Basically do with them what you will. What can I do? <laughs> oh, what an interesting response from a leader. So then they took Jeremiah, verse 6, and cast him into the dungeon of Malchiah, the son of Hamelech, that was in the court of the prison. And they let down Jeremiah with cords, and in the dungeon there was no water but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. You got the picture? I always think about Daniel being lowered down into the lion's den. And uh, <laughs> this is basically what happened with Jeremiah. He's lowered down in the dungeon. There's no water there, but there's mire. And as soon as he hits the bottom, he just <laughs> sinks down into it. Not a great place. Not a, not a fun situation for Jeremiah. Verse 7. Now, um, Ebedmelech, I believe is how you say that, the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs, which was in the king's house, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon, the king then sitting in the gate of Benjamin. 
Ebed-Melech went forth out of the king's house and spake to the king, saying, My lord, the king, these men have done evil, and all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon, and he is like to die for hunger in the place where he is, for there is no more bread in the city. That's interesting here because Ebed-Melech had a, an opportunity here just to kind of go with the flow. And he looked at the situation and he said, what they're doing is not right. And he decided he was going to do something about it. Now, he couldn't do a whole lot, could he? He didn't have the authority to do much. But he knew who had the authority to do it. So what he did is he went to him, And he spoke up for what was right. He said, what they're doing to Jeremiah is wrong. He's going to die down there. In verse 10, it says, Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, Take from hence thirty men with thee, and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he die. So in verse 11, that's exactly what they did. Um, verse number 12, Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said unto Jeremiah, Put now these old cast clouts and rotten rags under thine armholes, under the cords. And Jeremiah did so. So they drew up Jeremiah with the cord and took him out of the dungeon, and Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. So not everything is better still, but his situation is better. It's improving. Uh, it reminds me of a verse in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. And the Bible says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which he hath showed to, toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. God, and I've always told you this, and the Bible tells us this, that God rewards your obedience. God doesn't forget you. Even in your worst situations, God hasn't forgotten you. Even in your worst circumstances, God hasn't forgotten you. And God is faithful to take care of those who follow him. And Jeremiah here, you could still say, boy, it's still a bad situation. He's in jail. Yeah, but now he's not going to die. It's improving slowly. And then something interesting happens with Zedekiah. Look at verse 14. Then Zedekiah the king sent and took Jeremiah the prophet unto him into the third entry that is in the house of the Lord. And the king said unto Jeremiah, I will ask thee a thing, hide nothing from me. My question is, is what had Jeremiah hidden from him before? <laughs> he said, we're going to look at it in just a minute, but he's saying, king, I've not hidden anything from you. I have been very, very, very blunt about what's about to happen. But the king appears to be ready to listen finally. You know, a lot of times we read in Scripture, both in Jeremiah, but in other passages of Scripture, where people harden their ears, they turn their head, they turn their back, whatever it may be, they stiffen their neck, whatever it is, they, they do that whole la, 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 la thing. Zedekiah finally comes to the point where he says, don't hold anything back, I'm ready to listen. And Jeremiah was a little hesitant. He says in verse 15, Zedekiah, if I declare it unto thee, wilt thou not surely put me to death? And if I give thee counsel, wilt thou not hearken unto me? He says, if I'm going to give you this message again, aren't you just going to kill me? Or uh, aren't we going to have other issues where you're just not going to listen? You say you're going to listen, but are you really going to listen? Well, verse 16, Zedekiah the king. Swear secretly unto Jeremiah, saying, As the Lord liveth, that made us this soul, I will not put thee to death, neither will I give thee into the hand of these men that seek thy life. It kind of reminds me of the conversation that Jesus and Nicodemus had. It's in secret. It's, I want to know the answers, 
but I'm not sure that I want anyone else to know that I know the answers. And I'm not sure that I want anyone else to know that I'm asking these questions. Uh, so it is done secretly, but Jeremiah begins to say in verse 17, and he goes through the whole message again, and it goes through really verse 23. But in verse 20 it says, Jeremiah said, They shall not deliver thee. Obey, I beseech thee, the voice of the Lord which I spake unto thee, so it shall be well unto thee, and thy soul shall live. But if thou refuse to go forth, this is the word that the Lord hath showed me. It's the reminder, you, you cannot stop God's punishment. In the sense that God says, they're coming, Babylon's happening, you had your chance to repent, and you didn't repent, so here's what's going to happen. And they keep being told by the other prophets, no, 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 it's not going to happen. You don't have to worry about the king of Babylon. You don't have to worry about Nebuchadnezzar. It's not that big of a deal. But Jeremiah keeps saying, no, this is going to happen. You cannot run from it. If you run, you'll die. So the option is go into captivity or die. You got to pick one. And God has already told them that after the captivity, he's going to restore them. So the options are kind of, in my opinion, relatively simple. But if you refuse to go forth into Babylon, into captivity, uh, things are going to happen. And he goes on in verse 22, All the women that are left in the king of Judah's house shall be brought forth to the king of the Babylon's princes. And those women shall say, Thy friends have set thee on and have prevailed against thee. Thy feet are sunk in the mire, and they are turned away back. So they shall bring out all the wives and thy children to the Chaldeans, and thou shalt not escape out of their hand, but shall be taken by the hand of the king of Babylon, and thou shalt cause this city to be burned with fire. Then the king responds to Jeremiah. Remember in verse uh, 17, Jeremiah, or in verse 16, Jeremiah said, hey, I'm not sure that I can tell you this again because you're going to kill me or you're not going to listen. So Zedekiah, Zedekiah's response in verse 24, he's speaking to Jeremiah, let no man know of these words and thou shalt not die. But if the princes hear that I have talked with thee, and they come unto thee, and say unto thee, Declare unto us now what thou hast said unto the king, hide it not from us, and we will not put thee to death. Also what the king said unto thee, then thou shalt say unto them, I presented my supplication before the king that he would not cause me to return to Jonathan's house to die there. So he's, giving, he's, he's, he's getting the story straight, right? Then came all the princes, verse 27, to Jeremiah and asked him, and he told them according to all these words that the king had commanded. So they left off speaking with him, for the matter was not perceived. So Jeremiah abode in the court of the prison until the day that Jerusalem was taken. And he was there when Jerusalem was taken. Isn't that interesting? I think it is. And we see Jeremiah, God protecting, God taking care of, God giving the right amount of favor at the right time for, Zedekiah, for Jeremiah to be safe in the situation that he was in. It wasn't a great situation. It was a hard situation. But Jeremiah just said, I'm just going to do right. He obeyed the Lord. He obeyed the king, his authority. And he did what he needed to do. But I find it intriguing in this, in this chapter, a few things. We had only talked about him briefly, but Ebed-Melech did what was right, even though the world around him was doing wrong. Just a simple reminder no matter what anyone else is doing, you can do right. And again, that's a message we give to kids all the time, isn't it? But it's true for adults too. No matter what's going on around you, you can do right. It's a choice that you make of whether or not you're going to obey God or not. And then we see Zedekiah unwilling to listen, unwilling to hear, unwilling to receive the message that Jeremiah was preaching. You know, I've preached a lot of times 
um, and had the opportunity to preach to different crowds the gospel. And you preach that Jesus Christ loves you, and he died on the cross for you, and that he was buried, and that he rose again, and that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I've been in audiences and crowds where people have accepted that, received it, they, they heard it, they understood it, they comprehended it, and they wanted it. And then I've been in other places where people have rejected it. And the reality is, is the message that I'm sharing, whether you like it or not, is true. There's a heaven and there's a hell. You're going to go to one of those places. We're all going to die. The Bible tells us that. We're all going to die. Our life's going to end on this earth, but that doesn't mean that it's done at that point. So the question is, is receiving or rejecting the message? Zedekiah and the people kept rejecting Jeremiah's message. You know what happened? It was true. King of Babylon came and he took the people. And the people that didn't go into captivity died. It happened just the way God told Jeremiah it was going to happen. The same is true when it comes to the gospel. It's going to happen the same way God told us it's going to happen. There's coming a day where Christ is going to return. He's already been here once. He's going to come back. When he comes back, he's going to wipe off wickedness from this earth. And he cannot be defeated. It's going to happen. You're going to die, and when you do, you're going to go to heaven or hell. It, it really is that simple. The question is, is you hear the message that God's shared, do you accept it or do you reject it? And that's a choice that you have to make, whether or not you're going to accept or reject. And you can be like the people who rejected Jeremiah's message and paid the consequences, or you can be like the people who accepted the message that Jeremiah was preaching from the Lord and we're spared. It's incredibly similar, is it not? Are we proclaiming the message whether it's easy to do or not? Jeremiah, I mean, good night. You, know, you see him sitting here with Zedekiah. He goes, listen, I've already been in the, the, the dungeon, in the mire. I was going to die there of starvation. He's like, now you're asking me to share a message with you that you're not going to like. You're probably going to kill me or just not listen to me. reality is a lot of time we have the opportunity to share the message but we're not sure what's going to happen if we do and so we chicken out and back off we don't say anything and it's just another person walking the earth on their way to hell that we didn't love enough to share the gospel with it's not always easy and there's going to be times where we get a response that we don't like i gotta be honest with you I've not had a lot of bad experiences when it comes to sharing the gospel. I've had people say, no, no, thank you, go somewhere else, those kinds of things. I've never been hit or shot at or anything like that, threatened, anything like that. In most cases, you leave with hurt feelings. Zedekiah, uh, Zedekiah, Jeremiah was willing to put it all on the line just to proclaim the message that God gave to him. God's given you a message, so go out and share it. Be like Ebed-Melech, where you do right no matter when everyone else is doing wrong. And then listen, hearken to the message that God gives. Obey, I beseech thee, the voice of the Lord. And I beg you to do so today. God, I pray for your help. I pray that again we learn from Jeremiah and all that we, that we hear and read in it. Help us to be bold with the gospel, presenting it. Lord, I pray that you'd help 
us to receive the gospel if we've not yet done it. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to do right in a world that's doing wrong. God, would you help us to not look around and judge people for doing wrong, but Lord, that you'd help us to live lovingly and righteously, and Lord, by faith through you. Help this church that we would grow and that we'd honor you, that, Lord, you would just continue to bless the work that's put in. God, again, I'm just so grateful for how you've been taking care of us. And, Lord, I pray that you'd continue to do so. Uh, help those that are sick. Help those that are out. Um, and, Lord, bring us back together again soon. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.